Today's show is brought to you by Laser Away. Adulthood Made Easy listeners can save up to 75% at Laser Away. Just call or visit laserawaynet and mention Adulthood Made Easy when you schedule your free consultation. cooking, sort of like me, but try to stay healthy, unlike me, and have ever been on Instagram, exactly like me, then you know about zoodles, spiralized noodles, vegetables and fruits that are made to look suspiciously just like pasta and have taken the health food community by storm. Brands like Self, Women's Health, BuzzFeed have called it one of the trendiest and healthiest ways to eat pasta, and Refinery29 has said it's one of the biggest food trends to watch out for this year. So who's behind it? That person would be Ali Mafucci. She's the author of the blog Inspiralized and now a cookbook by the same name. But Ali wasn't always a health food queen popularizing ways to churn squash through a noodle maker. No, she used to work in corporate America until one day she didn't. As part of our side hustle series, Allie will be sharing with us how she turned her passion for cooking and spiralizing noodles into a full-time awesome brand that now has a cookbook, a spiralizer, a blog, and so much more. And Allie's joined us to tell us how you can become an entrepreneur yourself. So welcome, Allie. I'm so glad to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk. So everyone knows Allie totally practices what she preaches. She just said that she had spiralized sweet potatoes for breakfast. <laughs> so this isn't just like she tells people spiralized things. You really do spiralize all the time. Oh, definitely. Yes. Yeah. So I've been practicing what I'm preaching for the whole three years I've been doing it. So I uh, I did. I had spiralized sweet potatoes with avocado and a fried egg this morning. Sounds so much better than what I had, which was a handful of M&Ms. So, <laughs> it can be good too. Yeah. So why don't we start, as I said, you kind of started out totally on the opposite spectrum. You were not a you know full-time lifestyle blogger, food blogger. You were in corporate America. So where did you start out and what kind of made you realize it wasn't for you? So I actually started off uh, my first job out of college. I worked uh, in the Trump Organization, actually, which is mm. incredibly topical right now. Yeah. I did hotel and event management, and I feel like I developed my work ethic there. And then I worked another job for about a year in business development in the airline industry. And I definitely wasn't excited about it. I wasn't passionate about it. It was just one of those jobs that was very comfortable. And I know a lot of people can get really comfortable and it's hard to leave something. So it was something where I was making a, you know, a decent salary. I could, it was an easy commute, things like that. Mm -hmm. And oh, um, the commute is key. If you have an easy commute, it's very <laughs> difficult to leave. Definitely. Like, oh, it only takes 20 minutes. <laughs> it took me five. So it was oh, wow. really nice. Yes. I'm very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, you know, it was right where I was living in Jersey City. And so basically what happened was my mother is a type 1 diabetic and she was trying out raw veganism as a way to help with her health and her blood sugar levels and through all that discovered spiralizing and she was actually the person who brought me the the spiralizer and introduced me to it so I have her to thank of course which mm -hmm. she reminds me every day <laughs> <laughs> and she invited me over for dinner one night and she made me a simple raw vegan zucchini noodle dish and I took one bite and I could not believe how much it tasted like spaghetti. I was immediately hooked and my light bulb went off and I said, 
wow, if you just put a nice hot sauce on this and maybe some cheese and a, a good protein, this would taste just like real pasta, just like real spaghetti. So like the little brat I was, I took her spiralizer that night and I <laughs> went home to my apartment and the next night, so that was on a Sunday, the next day was a Monday and that night for dinner I made my first spiralized dish. I remember like it was yesterday, tomato basil with shrimp and artichokes and I made it for my husband and he took one bite and he had the exact same reaction I had when I had it when my mother made it for me. And he just said, I can't believe this. How do we not know about this? So we went online and we looked for anything, for resources, for recipes. And there was absolutely nothing, which is funny now because it's everywhere. Right. It's now I was going to say, now it. it's like everyone's like, spiralize your noodles, spiralize this. And it, it's, you can't look up a pasta <laughs> recipe without getting several zucchini alternatives. Right. Yes. And I, you know, I immediately went on Instagram and there was probably 250 people who had hashtag spiralizer. Now, if you look at it, it's in the tens of thousands. Right. So. So two months went by, I was cooking at night, making these spiralized meals, getting so excited about it. And I started to slowly notice or quickly, I guess, that my work-life balance was offset. I was sitting at work dying for 12 o'clock to hit so I could go and write down recipes on napkins on my lunch break. And I was le leaving at 5 p.m., watching the minutes count down so I could go home and cook. And I was having so much fun. I felt this creative side of me come out again. And, you know, I've always thought I was a creative person, but I never had an outlet for it. And I've always been to healthy eating and things like that. So it kind of was just like I discovered what I was meant to do. And it was meant to be the voice of this spiralized movement. So along those two months, I built up the courage. And I said, you know what? If I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. What's the worst that can happen? I'll just go back to corporate America. So I walked into my boss's office on June 25th, 2013. I don't think I'll <laughs> ever forget that date. And I quit. And then the next day, I went, um, as my husband went to the path to go into New York to work, I stopped at a coffee shop and I just bought Inspiralize.com and started my blog and started my social media channels and wow. here we are. <laughs> that's pretty, I mean, that's, that's, that's fast acting. That's really good. So did you always, did you always like to cook or was it that the, that night with your mom like sparked something like ignited some kind of cooking person within you? <laughs> so um, I grew up Italian American and I've always been around food and that sort of culture. It just life revolves around cooking and food, but I actually didn't start cooking until my senior year in college. I became a vegan and I was vegan for about two years and I attribute a lot to my passion with what I do now is the first time I learned how to cook, it was with vegetables. Yeah, it had to be really creative. Sense. So let's go back to those two months where you said you kind of were, everything was starting to build up where you were cooking at night, kind of on the side, really getting into this spiralized movement and still going to your job. So I really want to boil down to like what that felt like. Because for some people, I think they keep that passion project just on the side. And it's just still like, you know, they go home at night and they're really into cooking. My coworker, Grace, who loves your blog and loves spiralizing, by the way. I agree. But um, <laughs> she very much like cooks and has this food blog at night on the side and, you know, goes to work during the day. And I don't see her being like, I'm going to up and quit and like run double time full time. That's her blog. But you kind of had a different experience. So how did that really feel like what made you think this job is totally, totally, totally not right for me and cooking is? So it wasn't even that the job was wrong for me. I knew, you know, all along I, I wanted to work my way up in corporate America and develop the skills and the connections. And I was all about networking. I was really into, you know, building up my resume. And um, I was really focused on that. So this was something that I would, if you'd ask someone before in Spiralize, would Ali Mafucci ever do that? They'd be like, no way. She's so straight edge. She's yeah. followed straight and narrow. She'd never do anything off course. But honestly, the way it felt was it was just so all-consuming. It's all I could think about. I just, 
I didn't want to think about anything else. I daydreamed about what I would do if I could start Inspiralized. I, I, that's actually where the name for the blog came up about because I was sitting at dinner and I made a spiralized dinner for my husband and I and well then boyfriend now husband and we were sitting at the dinner table and I just said oh gosh I'm just so inspired to spiralize I'm just inspiralized (laughs) and he was like write that down so I just honestly if you have a feeling in your pit of your stomach and you can't get rid of it it's kind of like when you are really really nervous for a job interview or really nervous to go do whatever I felt like that all the time like there was something inside of me it really to com- could control my life and all my free time on the weekends. I was writing recipes just for fun. But do you think that, you know, working, like you said, in business management and things like that, would you have been able to start the same type of business if you hadn't ha- like been able to see how a business works from the inside? Um, I know because I think that when you, especially when you're first your first few years out of college, you're not exactly in the role where you have that much authority in, in how to run a business. You're yeah. kind of working to support someone else. Right. And I just... Honestly, I especially with blogging, um, at first I had no idea what to do, but I think for any budding entrepreneur, anyone who wants to dabble in entrepreneurship or start something, you need to be really resourceful and, and a total self-starter because I never even had, all I ever had was a point-and-shoot camera. I didn't know how to take photos, so I had to teach myself DSLR photography, and eventually I taught myself videography because I needed all these resources and skills to make Inspiralite successful. So... I don't think that anything I did beforehand necessarily prepared me for it. I just mm-hmm. think that pure passion is what, I mean, it's what still drives me today because I definitely have my times where I'm like, oh, I'm not going anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> so for, like you said, to be entrepreneurial, you really need to take advantage of a lot of different resources and be a self-starter. So for people listening that, you know, have always wanted to start a blog, because that's really what the series is about, is letting our listeners this side hustle series, letting our listeners who've always wanted to kind of pursue a passion project or who have a passion project and kind of want to make it their full-time project like you did, you know, what can they learn from the guests and the resources they use? So as someone who didn't know how to take photos, didn't know how to take videos, didn't have professional culinary training, not to belittle anything, oh, no, you really don't, you're doing great, but <laughs> you know, what were some of the resources that you took advantage of? How did you learn how to structure your days and things like that? I think... Um, you know, I went into it without a business plan or without mm-hmm. any real direction. I just, I said, I will start my my blog and I'll start my social media channels and I'll just start putting content out there. And at first, it was a, it was definitely a learning process because along the way, I sort of learned the business behind blogging and the business behind social media. But honestly, that was what was so exciting about it because I would I would learn something online and apply it, and then I would see. Success, success right away. And that was what was so exhilar- exhilarating in the beginning. Um, but honestly, I tell everyone this, you can Google and YouTube about anything. And I, I mean, I learned how to, I learned how to cook a lot through Googling and YouTube and how to poach salmon. I never poached salmon before a few months ago. And I, I Googled it and found out how to do it. So I think, um, if you want to make it happen, you can. And I know a lot of people say that and you hear it all the time. If you want to make anything happen, you can. And I used to roll my eyes at that. And now I'm just like, wow. It's not that you can do anything that you you want to do. You just you can do anything that you, you're passionate about and you really, really, really want it. And it has to be, like I said before, all-consuming and you, you're ready to put all your eggs in that basket. Um, but there's for people interested in blogging, there is huge blogging community out there. I, mean, I was going to say, it feels like one of those communities where like everyone kind of wants to help each other out. Definitely. I mean, when I first started, I, I started by, you know, just commenting on people's Instagrams that hashtag spiralizer and finding people who were who were into spiralizing already and sort of grew my following that way. And then I reached out to bloggers I respected and I loved what they were doing. And I would say, 
you know, I reached out to one blogger and said, I really love how you overlay text on your photos when you post them on your blog. How do you do that? And she was so sweet and sent me a link to how to do it. So I think not being afraid to reach out and ask for help and ask, well, how did she do that? How did and ask strangers too. Yeah. That's what really trips people up sometimes is like you're on your own and you really need to like put yourself out there and talk to strangers. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we were always told not to, now you need to talk to strangers on the internet. Yes. Which talk is to the strangers. worst advice I will ever give on this podcast. <laughs> talk to strangers on the internet. Right, right, right. But it's so true. And I there's there are so many e-courses online now even more than when I started about, you know, the, the business behind blogging and things like that. So there's just a lot of resources, even entering something as simple as, you know, how to grow your Pinterest mm-hmm. on Google, just search those terms, you'll get, there'll be a plethora of information. And all you have to do is apply a couple, you know, tips and tricks, and you'll, it'll slowly build up. And people say, Oh, how did you find this success with your blog? You know, was it overnight? It definitely wasn't overnight. And it took a while to build up, but I worked at it every single day. And you know, when all you have riding is is you, you're the you're the person driving the ship, and there's no one else on it. You'll find a way to make it work, and it's hard to it's hard to imagine that when you're sitting at your desk job wanting to start your business, but when you're in it, it's almost like you have to be in it. Yeah. So, was there ever a time when you felt like so overwhelmed by exactly what you said, the fact that it's only you and you've got this whole business? Was there ever a time when you were like, I really just I would kill for a nine to five desk job right now? <laughs> you know. I didn't. I, I I was lucky to have, um, you know, of course, I consulted my husband. And I said, do you think I should do this? And he was behind me. And, you know, there were a few people like my my parents at first didn't really understand. But I, I definitely had him on the side kind of push me along. He's an entrepreneur as well. So I had people there sort of encouraging me when I had those low points. But the one thing I definitely missed at first was going to work and being around people all the time. Yeah. And, you know, no one's telling me every day when I wake up, these are my roles for the day. This is what I have to get accomplished, you know, to earn my salary, I guess, or or whatever, keep my position there. So every single day, you know, you have to basically outline what you need to do for that day in order to accomplish your goals. So I, you know, I wake up at seven and I'm at my desk by seven fifteen, seven thirty, and I don't leave my desk until my husband gets home around seven, seven thirty. And so then- it probably helps to have like a physical workspace. Whereas like I do a lot of work at like the coffee table and in from my bed. And that probably isn't like a good business strategy. <laughs> <laughs> no. And I actually, um, halfway through, I started putting on actual clothes that had, or actual pants that had, you know, um, zippers yeah, a zipper like or a waistband because I was wearing <laughs> spandex every day and I just you don't take yourself seriously it's just like if you were going you dress for the job you want I want to be a CEO I want to be successful and so I started dressing like that but definitely the first thing I did the weekend I start the weekend after I started I went to Ikea and bought a desk and set up and got a printer and sort of you know I got like colored post-its and pens and whatever I just set up a little desk and um, it just kind of excited me every day to to watch it build and watch the paper stack up and that kind of Thing. And how did you get yourself out there? Because like I said, in the beginning, like all of these brands have, I feel like are now all talking about spiralized noodles and all this stuff. So how did you, as one person, a one person show, take your passion project and turn it into something that brands were taking seriously? Um, fake it till you make it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I took it sort of a PR strategy. I, I made a list of the outlets I wanted to 
contact and and be featured by and I would chip away at them and I would I would set reminders to follow up with people and every month I would I think the number at first when I started was 20 new media outlets every single month so if you think of the places I've been featured there's been a lot of places who've said no thank you yeah but um I just I would make um you know an excel spreadsheet of when I followed up kind of I guess how a normal PR company would do it I would just acted as my own in-house PR because no one else was there and I've, I've never hired PR firm or advertising or anything like that so everything has just literally been me guessing email handles and and link, trying to find people's contact information on LinkedIn and and things like that and and literally pitching myself because what do I have to lose and if I don't do this who else is going to do it so with that being said then how because you've also sort of developed your own spiralizer tool called the Inspiralizer yes and you have a cookbook yes so with being your own PR person and your own <laughs> business person and your own ad sales person and your own writer and your own cook how did you get those two things developed so um my biggest advice for a lot of people who are trying to get into entrepreneurship is if you don't put anything out there, then you won't get anything back from the universe. So the cookbook story is actually one of my favorites. I I started the blog in June and then around October, November, I started getting emails from people saying, I'm buying a spiralizer for my nephew, for my mom, for my daughter, my wife because of you, because you got me into spiralizing. Do you oh, have any wow. Yeah. And then they kept saying, Do you have anything that uh, I could print out and insert, you know, and give it with a card or some recipes or beginner information because there's nothing, there's literally nothing out there except for my website. So I, you know, another light bulb went off and I said, okay, well, why don't I just self-publish a little book and sell it on my website? I can make money, pay rent, (laughs) and I could also give my customers what they're asking for. So I self-published a book. It was an ebook. And then I also did, it was like an on-demand order through blurb.com, just a service I found through Googling. And uh, it was 20 recipes and it sold really, really well. And William Sonoma caught light of it. And they called me one day and said, we know you have this book out. We would like to republish it. Just re-photograph it, you know, clean it up Like a William Sonoma <laughs> just called you? Like they just were like, hey, Allie, it's William <laughs> Sonoma. <laughs> kind of, but to preface that, so that, that happened in about March. And that January, I... I figured out the CMO's, the chief marketing officer's email, and I emailed the person and said, Hi. At William Sonoma. Yes. Okay. Yes. And I said, I was say, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I cold called the email um, the person and I said, I'm Ali Mafucci. I'm doing this Inspiralize thing. I know you carry a Spiralizer. I would love to talk to you about partnering, maybe doing some in store demos and events. The next day, she emails me back and says, I love what you're doing. We would love to have you. So I started building a relationship slowly with them just off that cold call email. And I did a few demos, one in New York City, um, one in New Jersey. So we had this little relationship going. And then they happened to see, I didn't send my book to them. They just happened to see through my website and everything. And then they called me randomly once. Yes. And I was with my parents and I got the call and it was actually a voicemail. And then they just, my dad turned to me and goes, you got to get a literary agent. This is the real deal, Allie. So I got a literary agent and then she took me to the meetings and eventually I went with uh, Clarkson Potter of Random House. But if I hadn't self-published that book, then who knows if I would have a cookbook and actually I have a second one coming out in August. So who would have known if this would have happened? And then what was the story of you actually developed your own kitchen tool? Yes. So um, I'm very blessed in that respect because my uncle, who's not my uncle, he's my father's best friend, but we call him Uncle Steve. I wanted to develop my own spiralizer since the day I started in Spiralize. So um, one of the things that I told myself was the way I would make money was by building the blog, obviously, because I knew you could make, you could have advertising on a blog. You could do sponsored posts because I had read a little bit about it. So I knew I was going to do that. And then um, I also knew I was going to come out with my own spiralizer and I didn't know how I was going to do it. And then 
randomly one night in dinner, we were having dinner with my uncle Steve and he was mentioning things that he did, products he was creating. And I said, I should just ask him, you know, mm-hmm. again, what do I have to lose? So I built up a business plan, a PowerPoint. And I went to him. He, he like shuts my laptop down. He goes, Allie, what do you want? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I told him I wanted to partner with him so he could help me create my perfect ideal spiralizer. And thankfully, he said, yes, I'll, I'll help you out. So he um, partnered with me in that side of my business. And I hand sketched my ideal spiralizer, which is now the Inspiralizer. And he helped me dealing with engineers and factories and prototyping. And it was about a 10-month process. And then I launched one. My cookbook. That's, not that ba- that's not that bad. No, it wasn't. I had them overnight me everything. So yeah. I don't know how you can get it that quickly from China. But we, we worked really, really quickly. And I knew yeah. what I wanted. I had been spiralizing. And I knew exactly in my head what it was going to be. So yeah. He helped me through that process. I feel like the lesson I'm hearing here and, and one I've heard before is just that you really need to take advantage of the community around you and all the like skills, whether it's your family or your friends or your career network or what it is, like exactly what you said, really ask for help and and be very mindful of what your friends and your family, what their skills are and how they can, I'm sure everyone wants to, you know, m- help make you successful. So to take advantage of that. Totally. I remember one day I went through my Facebook friends mm-hmm. and I don't know, I mean, I, I have hundreds of Facebook friends. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't talk to any of these people anymore, but I went through one day early on in Inspiralize, maybe the third month. And I, I literally looked at them and said, could this person help me? Yeah. And I reached out to them if they could. And a lot of collaborations came through through those connections through, um, I was featured by Ivanka Trump, you know, last year. And that was through asking one of my old coworkers at the Trump organization, you know, I would love to speak to Ivanka and her brand. And so they featured me. So little things like that and just reaching out and yes, just ask. The, The worst thing someone could say is no. It could be the craziest thing you could ask for the world. They could say no. Or if they say yes, there's a bigger upside to the yes than there is to the no. That is such good advice. And that's good advice for someone like me who is perpetually afraid of of talking to people, even people I know, I'm just like, I don't want to ask them and inconvenience them. But it seems like if you want to get these passion projects off the ground, you really, you need to be ag- not aggressive, but you need to be, you need to advocate for yourself. It sounds like you are your be- your own best advocate. You're obviously literally your best PR person. Yes. You are. So um, people really need to, to be able to do that for themselves. It's hard, but people need to be able to do that. It is so hard. And and trust me, when you get to the point where you start your own company and you're, you're off the ground running, you lose all your, you, you don't care about anything anymore. Yeah. You're just like, I have to get this done. How can I get it done? And, you know, you have friends in the world and you meet people along the way and it's a community. And now when people reach out to me for help or they have a question about anything or something that I can help them with, with in regards to Inspiralize, I'm so honored that they asked me and so excited to help them because they helped me at some point. Yeah. And it's just, it's exciting to, to see people. It's like pay it forward type yeah. of everything is good feelings and good vibes everywhere. I've admitted a lot of things on this podcast, and something else I will admit to you is I really, really hate shaving my legs. I love summer and I love spring, but my least favorite part is it requires just a little extra maintenance. And what I've recently found out that makes me really infuriated is that the average woman will spend over $10,000 on razors and 72 days shaving in her lifetime. And I could do a lot of things with $10,000. If you're also tired of spending all this time and money, which is also ranked as the most hated beauty ritual, we have an answer. 
Our friends at Laser Away have us and our bodies covered. As the nation's top laser hair removal and aesthetic experts, Laser Away offers the most advanced cutting-edge technology to offer permanent results in a few treatments. Their treatments are non-invasive, fast, permanent, and can treat all skin tones, leaving you hair-free, care-free, and ready for that last-minute date or beach getaway. Shave time, not your legs. Schedule your free consultation today by going to laserAway.net or by calling one of their 25 convenient locations. Tell them Adulthood Made Easy sent you and you'll get 75% off laser services. That's laserAway.net. So I have a few burning questions about spiralizing vegetables that I feel like only you can answer. Um, (laughs) The first is, what is your favorite vegetable to spiralize? My first love, you'll never get over your first love. My first love is zucchini. But seasonally speaking, right now, fall, winter, or fall now, it's winter. Now it's actually spring. But in the winter, I became obsessed with spiralizing rutabaga and sweet potatoes. Okay. What is the most (laughs) surprising, like what is the craziest thing you've ever spiralized? I've tried to spiralize a lot of random things like cured meats and chocolate and I've tried it all because I want to make sure I'm, you know, there's nothing that you can spiralize that I haven't spiralized. But I think something that people are most excited to know you could spiralize is broccoli stem. That's so interesting. I always throw out the broccoli stems. I should not do that. I did too. Yeah. And you should not. You can um, cut the top off and spiralize the actual stem. So something like that is really exciting. Also bell peppers. People think they can't spiralize a bell pepper, but never ever slice your bell pepper again for fajitas or whatever you're making because it takes five seconds to spiralize them. And they're these beautiful, long, perfectly symmetrical noodles. So this whole spiralized thing is so crazy (laughs) to me. And my last question is what is the one food you cannot spiralize. That you would think you could spiralize? Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't know what you can spiralize, so I don't know if I think you can spiralize anything, but that people might think they can spiralize. Right, right. But, well, there's a, there's about 26 indigenous U.S. fruits and veggies that you can spiralize. One that people are often disappointed that they can't is eggplant. Mm. You can't spiralize eggplant because it's um it's too seedy and because spongy. I was going to say it seems really soft. I don't know how that would work. Right. Well, I'm really excited to try this out. I'm going to, I promise. I always say I'm going to do things and then I'm like, oh, cereal again for dinner. But I'm definitely <laughs> going to try it. And I'm really impressed with how you grew a business and, and really put yourself out there and took a chance. And I know that everyone else will absolutely love all of your recipes. So why don't you tell them, you know, where they can find the blog and how they can get the book and the Inspiralizer. Great. Well, thank you very much. And I do hope you spiralize. And if you need any help, you know who to call. Yeah, that's (laughs) Um, true. I now have an an insider. (laughs) So my blog is www.inspiralize.com. And I'm on all social media channels, you know, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, all of that. It's all at Inspiralized, except... I have a YouTube channel where I have a cooking series and demo videos, um, everything you need to know about spiralizing, and that's youtube.com slash get inspiralized. I couldn't uh, change tricky. it to inspiralize. So that's, that's the only always one that's the different. worst when you like you don't have all the brands right. across. So when you people. start if you st- if anyone listening to this, you're starting a brand, the first thing you should do is make consistent social media channels. Yeah. Get so all those handles. You. That's good advice. Yes, definitely. And then they can order the book wherever books are sold, I assume. Yes, everywhere books are sold, even online like things like Amazon. And my um the inspiralizer you can find on my website or you can find it online at williamsonoma.com. You can find it on Amazon now, and you can also now find it in all Whole Foods in the Northeast region. 
That's very exciting. And we will make sure you can find all of that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Allie. I really am so glad I got to talk to you. Yes. I know Grace will be very jealous. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you so much for being here today. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Adulthood Made Easy. If you have questions or topics you'd like us to cover in the future, just tweet them to me at Samzabel and I'll add them to my list. Our editor is Tim Einenkel and our producer is Kristen Meinzer. With graduation just around the corner, there's no better time to buy the Real Simple Guide to Real Life, which you can get wherever books are sold. And you may want to pick up a copy of our brand new cookbook, Dinner Made Simple, which you can also get wherever books are sold. I'm Sam Zabel, and I'll see you next time.